Hey, folks, Scott with Leaving the Archery. We are talking about the UFC. Apparently, there's a fight in San Antonio. San Antonio, dude. That's crazy. I was trying to make Scott guess how much floor seats were. Oh, probably about 600 bucks. Yeah, you bring no, your way on keep, up, bro. Keep going. Keep about 6,000. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. <laughs> they were thir- uh, yesterday when I looked on StubHub, they were 3,700. Oh, nice. It was like for third, fl- or third row floor seats. Dude, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's crazy. Row. Yeah, there's not even there's not even a marquee name in that fight, is there? Yeah, Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, but I'm again, big game. who? <laughs> so I'm thinking like more like you know, you know, John Jones. John Jones. Well, th- he fought two weeks ago, bro. I know, but that's a big name that I pay like a kind of money for. But Corey Sanhagen, whatever. You would not no. pay four thousand dollars. I watch. would not pay four thousand dollars to go see a fight. No, I wouldn't pay four thousand dollars to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> You joke. We were talking about that the other day. You know, there was apparently a, at the sheep show, one of the one of the hunts, their governor's tags or something went for like a quarter million dollars. Yeah. If I had that money, I wouldn't spend that money to go hunting. I mean, if I had it, disposable income. You're so I, telling me if you had, if you had, if I had a billion exorbitant dollars, exorbitant amounts of money, you no. wouldn't spend it on no. on hunting. No, not that. Not I that. Wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. spend a quarter million dollars on to go kill a sheep. Dude, you, I wouldn't have room you, on my wall yeah, to put you animals. Have, you have a quarter million, quarter million dollars. Like it doesn't matter if you spend it. And I just can can't see myself. Sheep. I can't see myself doing that. Right. Would you do it? If I had fifty, mi- or if, if I you had, had like, endless amounts of income, yeah, you'd do it. Why wouldn't I? I don't know. I just seem so. It seems so inappropriate. My friends think I'm rich, but I'm just irresponsible. Yeah, exactly. Right. Heaven forbid you spend a quarter million dollars that goes directly back into the conservation fund of whatever state you. Is that it what from. that does? Yeah, that's what the, that's what all those auctions. Well, are. And then you be the and then you write it off. Maybe. That's the uh, that's like that's the whole reason for every every governor's tag in the country. That's what it is. I did not know that actually. Like oh. I, Iowa's deer tag usually sells for like between 10 and 20,000 and it goes back into conservation efforts for the yeah it go, it, it's same, and then you same write it off as a normal non-resident tag goes you into. write it off as a donation mm-hmm. hmm. i think most of them are taxed or i don't know if they're taxed though. some of them are, are definitely I think tax some write-offs. of them are depending on what what the the auction process was probably yeah. i'll be damn i didn't know that so it's just not money going. Okay, I've I got to figure. You I should have known the money going to someone's somewhere. pocket. Yeah, it's not I mean, going to like a guide or an outfitting service or anything. Right. God, that's a it's, lot of that's money. That's the te- like. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to go kill one animal. Well, no, that was just for the sheep tag. That mule deer tag went for like seven hundred. No. Was that the was that the uh, the one uh, on that island? Antelope Island. Yeah. This, I've talked to Anderson seven. about it multiple times. He's like, there, it's. Well, I guess I mean I don't know. But You're talking for, about seven hundred thousand dollars, yeah. almost a million. That whoever buys that tag will kill the world record on Antelope Island, hundred percent. They will wow. kill a world record class mule deer out so, there, and then yeah. well, but I think for a while, for like ten years or something, it was the same guy that bought it every year, probably. Because Steve, I was talking to Steve about it. I think we were at the World Cup in Salt Lake back in seventeen or eighteen. And he was telling me about it because I went and I went and drove around on. It's pretty cool. But isn't that a problem for hunting? We were having this conversation, me and a customer, I think, the other day, that hunting is becoming an elitist sport. That it is out. It's getting to the point that you can't. You you no longer can. What's the word I'm looking for? But kind of gift hunting to your to your kids like you used to teach them about hunting and go and go hunting and teach them the outdoor lifestyle i mean it's well, always it cost so much damn money well it's well, always yeah, been elitist yeah, we just really? now have the media coverage yeah you look at people like teddy roosevelt and presidents that had shit ton of money that would go out and yeah, kill everything back in the day we just you know i just remember being, I remember yeah, being from ohio we would go up to a farmer literally this is what would happen and i think my dad was smart me and my brother were were definitely the little the pawns in the scheme you go there and oh, I want to take my two little young boys here. And we were probably like seven and nine years old, you know, hunting. And the farmer's like, heck yeah, you know, we never ever, I don't think anybody ever declined this if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, we had three or four different agricultural, you know, hunting places. And matter of fact, they wanted to just kill everything we've seen because they hate deer. You you act like that doesn't still happen. No these way, are, these, dude. dude these it leases tags, now. These tags, well, yeah, there is more of that. These tags are for like, 
Oh, I know. These are for like a sheep. I know. Sheep yeah. stuff. Like but I've heard stuff though, where you're spending ten grand just to get there. But I've heard though, like in Iowa, in Ohio, you go to farmers now and it's like a lease. No, you got to pay. $1, a lot of times it is a lease, yeah, exactly. but you also have to remember every state does a lot. Every state, except for Texas, does a decent enough job of public ground. Yeah, and there's, that's the one thing we heard. More yeah. public ground in the state of Iowa than there is than the entire state, in of the state of Texas. Oh, by far. There's, there's probably more public land in Rhode Island than there is. Ninety-seven percent of Texas is private. It is yeah. less than three percent. It's public, and probably fifty percent of that three percent you can't hunt because it's a a park or refuge yeah. of some sort. Yeah, or yep. it's only a special permit. Special permit like draws. That, yeah, yeah, like really that, yeah. that 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 uh, no guy deal that I did. Yeah, or there's coyotes pushing their people across the river. And- <laughs> getting through that public land i think it's ironic you that gotta the go state, fight a cartel no seriously i think it's ironic the state that has more land mass per capita than any other state in the union has the least amount of public land time i mean not even well it's not even on the radar that also means it's it's a state it's a state that controls the least amount of property the government owns the least amount of its stuff. That's a damn truth. Here for it. Yeah, they, can you imagine? It's it the only reason why, can, why we can break off and survive. You joke. You joke. Somebody's here. You gotta shut that door. Anyhow, um, good conversation, but I, yeah, I don't think I would ever spend $250,000 on a hunt. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I can't. You know, I always said too, like if I was a multimillionaire, I came out of the aerospace world, you know, and I always said if I had the money to buy my own private jet i'd still fly commercial commercial hell yeah yeah, dude dude people don't realize jets are private jets especially those suckers go down like they're going out of style it's not just that as a maintenance Maintenance even if even if you 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 never crash or nothing happens maintenance on it no it's ridiculous same thing i came out of the helicopter world and people were like i had the money i'd buy my own helicopter i'm like bro you You're spending a ton of money yeah. every 25 flight hours on that That's thing. That's definitely a boat. Instead of buying thousand. a plane, I'd rather buy a plane pilot. Yeah. Buy might be the wrong verb here, but yeah. like I would I would hire a, hire a yeah. I would hire a pilot and then you just run a plane. Yeah. Renting's the way to go or leasing. Yeah. Something like that. That's true. We should do that with archery equipment, lease bows. <laughs> you know, there's some companies that do that, believe it or not. Really? Especially guys that are hunting, yeah lease a backup bow hmm. you know pay 200 bucks and lease it for a week 10 days however long you're going to be in the woods that That's way if something goes wrong you know you just turn it back in when you're done instead of spending what 12 15 two thousand dollars on another setup yeah to keep as a on the oh shit factor wild yeah crazy but times in, but back to this discussion the hunting side so you don't think that honey is outpricing itself right now Globally? i mean yes and no i mean it I think there are probably less opportunities as far as like different types of game that you can kill, but the opportunity to hunt is, I don't like it. We've ever had more opportunity to hunt than now. Yeah, maybe. And yeah. there's still some places, at least here in Texas, even though everything's private, I've met a couple guys that run like out in rock Springs, stuff like that. They run a five, $600 deal. It's yeah. three days you shoot whatever you can right but if you don't shoot anything then you don't shoot anything there's still affordable things out there but there's always going to be that one tag for the guy that's got deep pockets well oh, yeah. and those tags have always been expensive yeah like they yeah, agree dude i remember i remember 15 years ago they had a buddy go to new zealand and shoot a red stag and it was 30 grand oh yeah that's 15 years ago yeah yeah, yeah. Well, how much is a bighorn's cheap tag right now? It's like fifty grand. And they're probably 50 thirty to, to fifty. Yeah. yeah, depending on where you go. Colorado bighorns like fifty, fifty to sixty. It's crazy. Yeah, you're just paying a little bit more for a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a million dollar question: If you get that tag, do you kill it with a gun or a bow? Oh, but dead is dead. Don't care. <laughs> so you're not going to stay an elitist archer. I mean, I'll try. <laughs> no, maybe gonna, not very, gonna, if I'm sitting there looking at it and it's 300 yards away, I'm going to be like, give me that. Dude. Give me the rifle. You're going to have a 6.5 Creedmoor oh, with you, right? Prime oh, yeah. example was. Drop like a bad uh, habit. Buddy, Caleb Brewer. You met Caleb, mm-hmm. double amputee. Yeah. They He was given, a, you know, you got the governor's tag and then they, they've got a tag that they donate. Well, they donated a tag and it wound up coming to him and he did the desert bighorn. He owns an archery shop, and he shot this thing with a rifle. 
hey he had a shot at three six hundred yards something like that yeah hey might as well take it i'm you not spend gonna that sneak kind up of money on it. and time and everything like that yeah dead is put dead. it on the ground that is dead i agree yeah. at least you get it done and uh, i don't know i, I just chase it down with a truck and run it over <laughs> dead is dead dead is dead that's wild yeah interesting uh, conversation yeah some guy was in here complaining the other day about bows you know gotta spend three thousand dollars on a bow that guy's a big deal but those guys go drop three grand on a rifle in new york second they yeah. don't think twice about it just bring me to that conversation too i think we've talked about it before why our bows don't hold their value that's one number one question i get from customers like guns loses value as you take it out the shop kind of like a car yeah well they make it just like cars they make new ones every year that's the problem winchester's made the model 70 since like 1920 exactly and they stood still one of their main offerings how long has the 1911 been made yeah well (laughs) (laughs) what i'm saying is yeah that's the difference you know you you got one gun that's been run for what almost 100 years Mm -hmm. you know over 100 years and you got a bow manufacturer making them every nine months that's our problem I don't know who started that trend either. Maybe maybe they need to go to like every three years. I think it needs to be until you come up with something cool. I mean, these bowmen, let's be honest, there's a lot of manufacturers out there that are moving holes here and there. Yeah. They sell you the same bow with a different cam. Exactly. And they raise their prices by 200 bucks. Yeah, it's the same riser, different different cam. And they're very successful at it. Different riser, same cam. Mm It's amazing how much Kool-Aid the archery community drinks. I was about to say that. No, it freaking, they guzzle it by leaps and bounds. We're the ones that buy it. That's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. It It blows my mind. It weighs weighs half a pound less. I picked up 20 feet per second. I need Uh, it. Hey, which brings me to a conversation. Being in the archery shop, though, I mean, I'm of the school thought that the more money you spend, the better chance you have of success. So come in and give us all... All you know, your money. All your money. <laughs> you know, there's probably a lot of truth to that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Do you, honestly, do you think that spending more money buying better equipment helps you or hurts you? Or does it matter? Well, as long as they spend it with us. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only serious, one way to though. find out. I think for the most part, I mean. Depending on what you're hunting. To a degree. Depending on what you're hunting, too. It's more fun to be good, and it's easier to be good with good equipment. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's hunting and there's target. Would you shoot the same score with a Genesis as you would with a... Hell no. No. But on the flip side of it, how many bull elk in history have been killed with a standard two forty six arrow shaft gold tip pro hunter? Oh, I'm sure a hilarious Just a amount. hilarious amount. Does it? Does an X, Black Eagle X-Impact 4 millimeter give you a... Are you going to kill it any more dead? See, I think it does give you an advantage. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not... You're not you're not getting better equipment to to mitigate or to make your good stuff better. Yeah. You're getting it to mitigate the bad stuff. Right. That's why you get new equipment. You know, like, you, you, okay. So you brought up, you know, like a gold tip 246, gold tip pro hunter, XC hunter, whatever. That arrow, I mean, obviously it's great arrows. That XC hunter probably that, killed more animals in time than, gosh. XC, I bet the axis Carbon and the Express, XC Maxima hunter. Reds. XC Hunter and the Axis are probably yeah, those two three. of the most killed or two two arrows that are used the most kill the most things. Agreed. If you're at 60 yards and you just center punch a rib and you're shooting 70 pounds and your arrow weighs 410 grains. You're not killing them. Your chances of failure are great. exponentially higher yeah, right. than if we were standing at 60 yards with an X-Impact or Deep Impact or Axis Long Range. Money. Something a little bit heavier, a little bit beefier insert system that's going to be able to, you know, not necessarily give any FOC, but just a beefier insert that'll not fail when it makes impact with something hard, right. like a rib or offside shoulder or something like that to where your arrow is failing. Right. I agree with that. So, like, yeah, it will make you better. And the difference because there... Because it mitigates your possibilities of a failure. So the difference there is basically the high-end arrow at 330 bucks a dozen... Versus the other arrow at roughly what hundred and forty dollars a dozen, roughly, yeah, maybe one fifty somewhere. It's double the price. You're you're mitigating your failures. You're to shoot cheaper equipment. You need to be a better archer. Agreed. Yeah, and usually it's the other way around. Most exactly. people that are, as they progress, they get better. They equipment, get better. Which yeah. I mean, that's a natural process of any any hobby, yeah. really. But 
but generally that's that's what happens yeah because usually if you're a new guy into any hobby like guns or bows you're buying lesser equipment mm -hmm. for lesser money lesser quality to start and off as with. you get better you are upgrading when it should be the opposite like you said you should be buying the best equipment you can afford because it helps mitigate you know mm -hmm. your failures as a as a sportsman whatever it is then you can get away with cheaper crap if you become a better archer <laughs> hit your spot you know yeah but that always blows me away because you know the we talk about this a lot we may have talked about it in prior shows but it's just like these guys that and i've been dealing with this a lot in the last month two months actually probably the last half year the number of guys that walk in this place that are internet bandits that know everything is getting exponentially worse and worse and worse and worse and worse that's because everybody that knows two or three things is right. starting a podcast starting a page starting a youtube it's channel it's fucking unreal excuse my french but god Mwah, it's, mwah, 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 mwah. dude it's like a nauseating these guys come in here and they think they know everything because they've watched a youtube video or watched a number of youtube videos oh, yeah. and it's just mind-numbing i mean they're i always have to educate them what's this guy do he kills shit mm -hmm. that means his his kill zone or his his uh his tolerance level for accuracy is like what a nerf football Let's say on a on a decent sized animal, hell, maybe even a little bigger than that. Probably let's say a basketball. And guys like Bridger or you, Jason, myself, we have to hit a freaking what is it? A quarter sized dot bonus ring at fifty yards. Yeah, that's our tolerance level of missing. Yeah, and those other idiots, they don't even they can't even get there. No, seriously, I'm going to call them out. I don't care. They're idiots. I mean, they 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 get a wild hair up their ass. They start a YouTube channel. They start a podcast or whatever, and. Now they're all of a sudden they're the grand poobah, mm -hmm. and these people guzzle that stuff like God. Yeah, and they walk in here wanting us to duplicate that, and it's like, dude. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. That there's a big difference between somebody that knows archery and knows the tech work and the science and all that versus somebody that knows how to run a page and run a camera. Yeah, and knows how to market. It's crazy. And that's the problem today. You got a lot of marketing geniuses. You think about, and you honestly, and we, well, there was a guy in here the other day who fits his profile. You think about who's popular on the internet right now. I'll mm -hmm. take John Dudley out of the mix because John's been in archery a long, long freaking time. Um, been around the sport a long time. So I'll take him out. You look at the guys that are, who are now driving the most amount of impact online yeah. through social media platforms. I can name the top three guys right now. They have the least, they have the top three least amount of experience. Oh, I'm sure. The, and that's what blows my mind. One of them probably wants me to build a 700 grain arrow to shoot a turkey. I mean, serious, bro. The top three guys on social media have the least amount of footprint in the sport of archery and killing even that, even yeah. hunting, literally. And yet they have now become the all-knowing. And I, it blows my mind because these guys, quite frankly, ain't got a fucking clue. And I'm sorry. I'm just going to mm -hmm. get on my soapbox right now. Bridger's over here just fucking not even saying a word. <laughs> I think I think Bridger's researching to no, back up but, the claims. But, it, but it's true. You think about it. I, I look. I can name one guy right now. I mean, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be nice. But it's. But seriously, they don't have the experience. They don't have the level of expertise to be out there touting the shit that they tout. Nor also have the number of followers that they have. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's mind boggling to me mind-boggling because we as community we as consumers don't do our homework because they happen to have a hundred thousand followers people just uh, automatically assume they're the best yeah and quite frankly probably everyone in this room could beat these guys left-handed i wonder how many of those followers they bought though well, that's the that's other thing one, yeah. they buy followers or they do something and they gain this this backing you know the amount of followers you have on social media is your credibility yeah not not your resume it just drives me nuts because kind of how that progression works. I hate to say it, but I have to be careful here, but there's a one, there's a couple of guys that came out about seven years ago. Guys who came up at the same time I started the shop. Um, and they had, I think one of the best documentary series on YouTube. I'm just gonna go ahead and call, call them out. I'm not gonna call them out because there's nothing wrong with them, but the guys from born and race, mm -hmm. man, they came out with that doc that documentary series and that from first year they came out and they documented their elk hunting season across i think it was three states yeah pretty much hunted almost 60 70 days and uh documented the whole thing the good the bad the ugly the misses the the 
killing the small animals, the Everything. bulls that were small. I mean, killed. I mean, did it all. I think it was one of the most educational, probably one of the most awesome series ever. But what happens is, and I think it happens with all these YouTube channel stars. So they go out there and they start and they have a great idea. Well, then they get so big, they start getting all these hunts thrown at them. Mm -hmm. You know, landowners, hey man, I want you on my ranch. You know, I got this big, you know, 360 bull that needs to be killed. Or, you know, and then, so then they start doing all this. Well, now all of a sudden they're going to hunt, you know, very easily hunted mm -hmm. animals. I mean, these animals are not tough to kill when they're on private ranches that are 10,000 acres and they get, what, two hunters a year mm -hmm. on them. And they like public. And then, um, and then what happens is, yeah, they, they might, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they start getting things given to them. And then they start killing shit a hell of a lot easier and killing a ton of shit. Yeah. Because things are thrown at them. And now all of a sudden they're the all knowing God of archery and killing archery and bow kills. And it's crazy. And then you as consumers, out the, the consumers out there start drinking that Kool Aid. When quite frankly, you, I always say, I'd love to take those guys, and you know those, Bridger. Put them in the middle of Wayne National Forest in southwestern Ohio or one of the big national forests in Iowa and tell them to go kill a deer. Mm -hmm. They'd be lost. Clueless. My opinion. I don't think they could do it. I think the problem is a misconception or misleading too. I think if people if people start doing that and hunting private and hunting easy and stuff like that, let other people know so that other people out there aren't thinking that we're going to have the same success rate every single exactly. time we step foot in the woods, which in turn, you know, those, those guys put out their content people buy it and then they come to pro shops and try and mm -hmm. i i think that's what causes the problems oh that's you could be more right like fishing mm -hmm. side of it i can tell you now it takes i forget i was talking to roland martin about this one time because he was we lived kind of really close to each other and it was three to four days of footage or filming to make one show 35 minute show mm-hmm because of you know you just you can't tell the bass when to bite you know and to get the right footage on the yeah. right fish you can go out there and catch you know 51 pounders nobody wants to watch that the same thing with bill dance yeah so you wonder I'll, if hunt, I'll, I'll, I'll watch bill dance for an hour just catch a bunch of eight ounce bass <laughs> he don't care <laughs> or snakes falling on him yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> but no i'm serious if you think about the guy so i'm wondering how many hours of footage it takes to create that you know that one kill shot and it could be a lot I mean, and that's a, that's a, that's a lot of work. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, from you ask how many hours of footage for a kill shot, like average, average evening hunt, at least sitting in a, sitting in a tree stand in Iowa on whitetail an average evening hunt, I would have probably like two and a half to three and a half hours worth of video dependent for just an evening hunt. Yeah. Depending on when we sat down, sunset, all that stuff and deer activity, whatever, but like two and a half, usually two and a half to three and a half hours. Yeah. Just to get a thirty-second snippet. Yeah, per that's like per hunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true though. Texas is we're blessed because it doesn't happen here. Oh, you, you just kill. You just spin a feeder, and here they come. I mean, this was funny because when I moved here, you know, being from Ohio, I had spent I seen more deer looking for my house mm -hmm. than I had seen in my entire hunting career in Ohio. Yeah, because you know, there's days, and sure, you bridge, you know this. I, I might go two days and I even see a deer. Not even see one. That was the same. Maybe the third day, see a doe and a fawn come by me. You know, really, you know, it's just it's not easy, at all. That's what I did in Alabama. I'd sit over a, a food plot, and then maybe you'd get one or two, mm -hmm. and then they wouldn't come in close to the blind. Yeah, that's different. I could smell the beans and rice in there. <laughs> Do what? Skaterade. I was making a beaner joke. Oh. <laughs> Said they could smell his beans and rice. <laughs> Uh, I should have brought biscuits and gravy. No. Anyways, yes, we have. Um, I don't know. Educate the public, man. Just make sure and you, you realize who you're following. Realize. I mean, when you come into the bow shop, Lord Almighty, don't tell us what we need to do. People starting we, to come into do, bow we shops. We do this for a living. People coming to the bow shops like Ron Swanson and Parks and Rec, going into uh, Home Depot, walks right in. You. I know more than you. <laughs> Is that really? Know, I, yeah. I ain't gonna dog a guy for going somewhere where he has a higher, higher opportunity of success, where there's less pressure and everything. Hell, maybe if more people hunted like they were on a ten thousand acre ranch, to where you know, as far as like if they used more of the practices that that ten thousand acre ranch used, they'd probably find have a higher chance of or a higher rate of success on public ground if they hunted correctly. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. 
You tell me of all the times you've been out on public ground and out west, you've never seen a guy and been like, "What in the?" You've never been up on top of a ridge. <laughs> oh yeah, looking down into a bowl. Yeah, chasing after a group, chasing after a herd of elk. Yes, and you know there's other hunters in the area, and you see him on the other side through the pot, spot and scope, and you've never gone, "What the fuck is that guy oh, doing?" <laughs> so many times. So not, not many that, obviously, times. I'm sure you were upset that there was somebody else there, but like. You were probably also upset of what they were doing. No, it's more. Yeah, doing I'm not upset. Right. Yeah, I'm not upset that they're there. I'm upset of what you said. They're yeah. don't, they don't it's know like if the they're doing right. what if they're doing it right, and you're like, oh shit, they beat us there. Like, right? Yeah, you can be upset. Like right. everybody, but if you're working a herd that, and they're pushing it, and they yeah, and they come in just from yeah. the top rope straight Bro. downwind, see it all the time, upwind from them, like shit like that, like. You know, maybe if people did what they were supposed to do a little more often, they'd probably have a little more success on public ground. No, too. you're right about that. No, you hit the nail on the head because that is exactly what happens. You get these guys who literally just just they just aren't good hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, going downwind of of animals, chasing animals, the gatherer, thinking you can freaking run an elk down or a deer, even for that matter. It's just hilarious. Go back to gathering. No, yeah, leave go, the hunting to go, the experts. Go get you a plow yeah. and seed. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the grocery store. No, no, you're right. No. Though you're right. That does happen, and I think that's if they did hunt with a little bit more, I don't know, a little more smarts, it would make public land a hell of a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But you know what happens? And I mean, I go back to social. Social media has changed the way we hunt. It's changed the entire hunting community, the hunting world. It's changed it big I think time. It's changed everything. Hunting well, target. It is everything. It is fast forwarded the learning curve tremendously, um, to the point though that you haven't, that you don't, you no longer have to go out and learn by your mistakes, which no. is the best way to learn. You just watch a YouTube video. Exactly. So now you you can get yourself armed with so much information, so much technology is the other thing. Technology yeah. is crazy now. Um, to fast forward what you and I probably did when we were kids, it took us five to ten years to learn yeah. from our parents and our well, fathers and i mean i wouldn't say that having more inf- or have having the access to information is a bad thing it's the bad information that people have equal access to yeah exactly turns there's, into no, the issue. there's no filter there's no filter yeah no, no filter but it's good i mean you've got all these things i don't know if you saw that that meme that archery hooligan posted it was a poll of who would you rather have tune your bow and number one was Paige Pierce, number two was Tim Gillingham, three was George Riles, and four was someone else. Because all oh, those yeah, people yeah, have yeah. all that information out on social media. Yeah. You need help tuning, you go to Paige's page, get some tips, you go to Gillingham's and get an overload of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And then you go to George and so on and so forth, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's good stuff out there, but there is a, a ton of bad information. A ton. Of that. way too much and they just put in put in a search for whitetail hunting and you get Jeez. about a thousand pages and all of them claim to have the best techniques the best tips the best setups <laughs> it's, hilarious. it's all good no, oh well quite funny. maybe one of these days when we finally get up on on video again we can go through and just do a reaction to videos on I YouTube. still you know and I still say I don't, know, I don't even want to bring this up but I as I get more and more into this archery world I still want to go and do the whole uh call it like it is podcast <laughs> both of you just dropped your head like you're an idiot I thought you were gonna say the more I get into this archery thing the more I want to not <laughs> more I want to more I want to shoot myself get into golf <laughs> get play into, golf we God, play golf we play golf on Monday we play golf hell on Monday. no my back is still effed oh, up. Oh, dude, that I was no, yesterday. I was, was walk. I damn near called Jason, and asked him for an extra chair. <laughs> dude, I mean, my back is literally still killing me. Not hurting a little bit. This lower left side from torquing, I guess, when you pull I don't through know the ball. Why I hit it further than him? <sighs> Bite me. You did actually like three times. I suck. God, I hate that sport. We used to come over your drives, though, Scott. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, we did hit a couple you, good ones. And see, and that's where golf gets you. I learned this on playing Monday. So you go out and hit just enough good shots to keep, to keep yourself back. really fuck, fucking engaged and like, oh man, I can do this. And then you go bomb the next three or four and you're ready to break clubs over your knees. Oh, well, yeah, dude, and then our, right when you're about ready to explode, you hit another good shot. Oh, yeah. oh well, maybe I can do this. 
archery hey archery is the same way and i i seen a really good I, I think i said it before too but i seen a really good thing about it, it said the the allure of golf and i would put archery in the same side of it is even like a even a 15 handicapper guy that goes out and shoots like 110 plus every time he goes out and swings a club can like he is one shot away from having like a miraculous turnaround like, yeah or having um, like making a swing true. that a pga pro would be like shit i, I wish that. i could make that shot or yeah. shit I, that's a great shot to make in that spot yeah yeah, yeah. like i mean I you're always one swing away from making a, a tour level golf shot you, while you're on the course you, and same, same yeah, on our you, you made a couple <laughs> you made some dude were unbelievable that first <laughs> hole when you dropped that one what two foot from the pin i was like oh my god he's on fire today <laughs> i mean tom had to use like eight mulligans but he had that one real close from like 190 that yeah. was pretty impressive yeah still you hit that one clean. well the other thing was monday sucked it was, yeah, cold. It was cold it was, cold. It was windy. windy it was damp yeah, it was miserable. everything that you don't want yeah we'll, we'll supposed to get nicer day. throughout the day and it got as the day Worse. went on it got worse <laughs> got colder got yeah. windier got yeah, colder yeah no but anyhow yes no, but what I was going to say is, yeah, we need a, I don't know, part of me wants to do that transparent podcast and just call out the industry the way it needs to be called out. There's ways you can do it tastefully no, without getting really in not. trouble. Well, I'll give you an example right now. So, and we deal with this sometimes. Well, this is not a bad thing. You know, Bridger's throwing his arm there. Wish you guys could see this on video. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck, here goes Hamlin. Um, no, but I'm serious. It's like, you know, Darton is one of the, I think, one of the hottest bows on the market right now. Yeah. Um, definitely a damn good platform um if you compare it apples to apples between it and some of the other top brands like matthews or hoyt it's as good or better of a bow than a lot of them that are out there right now mm -hmm. but you still have this stigma because because of one reason the amount of marketing dollars spent between the two companies that i just named the three companies mm -hmm. is like massively different but yet that is what the consumers are following they're not looking at it from a standpoint of is this piece of equipment as good as the other mm -hmm. it's totally name driven well it's name driven it's what what the top people are doing or showing oh, that's capitalism baby <laughs> yeah you're right it is that's just the way free market rolls yeah i agree i just pointed but, it out yeah i mean archery luckily archery is a small enough community that generally if you have a product that is you know Good. the best in its class or you know right there even without marketing generally with time you end up finding your finding your lane with it i mean look yeah. look at ultraview <clears throat> look at what colby's been able to do with that company in God, i'm trying to remember three years three years three or four years yeah that's ah, more than that 2019 no. Since he he, I'm talking oh, the, the grip. O, okay, yeah, no, the I'm talking grips, the O like seven years. Actual ultra view. Seven years. Like the yeah. He the, came out the year after we opened. The block that you could thread the a grip. light into. Well, no, the like the block you could thread a light into. Oh yeah. That stuff was like back God, when was that? Because I remember twenty nineteen going to Georgia's place for a camp mm -hmm. and they still had their print shop in yeah. his um in his bow shop yeah, yeah. dude he's been colby's uh a dorm yeah when he he's was in like college three or four he's just like running in his dorm and be 100 degrees in there yeah I no mean, but they, i mean they're obviously they have the marketing stuff now because they're their business and they've been able to you know make some actually make some money but when they started they weren't that like nowhere near that mm-hmm and you look, you look at what they were doing versus what Shrewd and True Ball. Here's a difference, doing. though. But here's a difference, though, between Colby and Chris. And you got I throw Chris in there. I don't because he helps out with the the marketing side of it. Between those two guys, they had the pedigree. I mean, think of they were great archers before well, they became yeah. businessmen. You can't say that about the other manufacturers right now that are out mm -hmm. there. You know, I mean, you you, you bitch about 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 Darton not getting the recognition and stuff, but. You look at the pedigree of shooters that Darden has on their team, and yeah. then you look at. Well, I think it's what's driving you look them right at now. What, you look at what uh, uh, Randy <coughs> Kitts has been able to do with other brands that everybody thought he was a ding dong for buying, anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Control Freak with Conquest, yeah. and then you know what he'd been able to do with Arrows. with uh, Black Eagle. Yeah. No, he's no. I agree. It's insane. All I know is you see a ton of Dartons out in the field, 
you see a lot of people. I, I want to say it's probably 50-50 whether people are shooting Eastern or Black Eagle. I mean, Black Eagle is definitely the most popular. Conquest. Or at least on 3D, on yeah. 3D circuit, it is I think undoubtedly getting, the I most think popular. If they're, what do you think, Mark? I mean, I they got to be up there in market share right now between Eastern Black and Gold Tip. I mean, they're taking a chunk of change from it. For, they three, are. for 3D, I would argue that they're probably the majority. Yeah. Well, even in hunting, I mean, just even hunting, I'm looking at the general overall market. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, you got when you have the other manufacturers in every Walmart and every Bass Pro Shop on planet Earth. I mean, that's huge buying power. So, what you guys? What was your number one arrow at Shields when you guys were there? The Shields arrow. Oh, really? The Shields. Well, yeah, arrow. because it was a privately label branded. Yeah. Well, at first it was gold tips. They were XT hunter. We had uh, we had like the Expedition hunter. Yeah. And the XT hunter. So we had a zero zero six and a zero zero three. And they were literally $20 cheaper than the exact same box of gold tip arrows. And those are gold like tip a bo- arrows probably. Yeah, they? they were. So like an, a box of XT Hunters was like 75 bucks yeah. for six of them or 65 bucks for six of them. And the, for the, the, the Shields ones were, no, the Shields oh, ones sure. were like 40. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And then we, they, then we swapped it. The Shields went to, what was it? Oh, they were V-Forces, the Victories. Victories, yeah. But same thing. They were like thirty nine bucks for the six. Thirty nine bucks for the sixes. Forty nine bucks for the the zero zero threes. That's cool. Crazy yeah. inexpensive compared to compared to the name brand one. Well, even now when you go to Walmart, you go to Academy. It's Carbon Express arrows is what they usually have, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. still nine ten bucks an arrow. Yeah. So it's not it's not cheap Walmart arrows anymore. Right. <laughs> Dude, in Walmart arrows, I don't know where they get some of those. Yeah. China. I think they're, they all they're 90% glass. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of carbon. It's pretty funny. No. Anyways, I don't get off that soapbox. But I don't know. It's just been an exuberant amount of people lately. Call them out. Well, it's, it's been an exuberant amount of people lately with the whole internet thing, man. I mean, I had a guy the other day. I literally looked at him and said, hey, there was a kid. Remember that kid that came in here? 31 inch draw length and he was like five. Oh yeah five, and he was like my height and I'm trying to explain to the kid why just I was and you can see when he's got that gloss look over his face like yeah you just don't know what you're talking about I just looked at I think I was telling view bridge or somebody it's like just do what he wants I mean literally <laughs> measured 28 inches in draw length and one of his bows set at 30 and a half then it was funny I think I, well, I wasn't even there but I think somebody was telling Roger or somebody said yeah he went back and shoot drove back Lean that head back, shot it, said, man, feels great. <laughs> I was just like, God. No, seriously, dude. I mean, this is, um, it was a true story. And I was like, wow. 30 and a half inches draw line, he measured 28. He should just it. hired him. No, no kidding. No, so much. It's just unbelievable. But that's the kind of crap. I mean, we've been dealing with a lot of crazy lately. Oh, my God. It's like, you know. You it's guys, the off season. It's the only customers we get. Yeah, people true. that want to get into. So you just shut up and do what they want. Yeah, but not. But I would. What I did want to explain to him though, and I didn't get a chance to. I just wanted him to understand that he's going to end up shooting like crap. Mm-hmm. He's not going to hit the broadside of a bomber with that bow. And I don't want him to go to another shop, and they look at him and go, "Who the f did this?" And he's going to say, "Well, I went to Leading Edge," and they're going to say, "Well, them guys are idiots." I wanted them to try to press upon him. Look, bro. You made this choice. I am telling you, you should be this, and you are deciding to go two and a half inches longer. This is your call. Mm-hmm. So if and when he does go to another shop, take responsibility because we have sure as hell didn't do that. I mean, I that's 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 what I wanted to try. I was trying to avoid because man, he there is no way. That's He's easily great the at first. Clap. The, maybe that's the thing we should get rid of in the archery world is the the first thing we ask whenever somebody comes what in with a bow yeah first thing we ask when somebody comes in with a bow that's all jacked up is like man where who'd you have work on this exactly. man well they suck yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't take so it true. back there no oh, it's so true it's crazy you know the manufacturers i don't know if, you know, i don't know god there's so much crap i could talk about right now i'm not going to do it <sighs> yeah it's just amazing. Four bending next week. Four bending's next week. Four bending. We'll talk about four bending. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll shut up. People suck. No, it's just, some, yeah. Some not people that. suck. Man. Manufacturers suck. You, you know. It's just amazing how much manufacturers want to control a market. 
they really want to. Like I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. You know, they're gonna somebody's gonna build another shop here in Bernie, small as we are. It's gonna happen. I found out the other day. Yeah, I remember you saying. And it's being backed it. by two of the biggest manufacturers because they hate the fact that we don't push their shit in here. Hmm. I can't wait because I'm gonna put the man out of business in two years. Where? No, I'm serious. It's gonna happen. Really? Yeah. It's a done deal. Yeah. So you know it's happening. It's not. Yep. It's not a. You know, metaphorically speaking. No, ran by the two big big dogs because they they don't want to. Really. They don't like the fact that I don't just go pimp their brand constantly. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it's awesome because it's going to help. I don't know. We'll probably end up up in our game somehow, but it's it's mind boggling. <clears throat> Guess. How are you going to use that information to better your chance of success in Fort Benning? I don't know. Just going to shoot more aggressive. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not looking for you. Are you, are you going? Uh, 50 50 right now. Depends on how many people. Depends on. Who's going to be here to run the shop? I just so you need to go so you, can shoot, again. so you can shoot in the old folks. Shooting the old folks program. Old yeah. folks class. I kind of want to, and I'm shooting, eh, okay. I'm going to shout okay Sunday. Not bad, not great. I mean, it can't be worse than golf. No. There you go. No, I can't do golf. Let's do it. You never practiced with your bow, but somehow you still managed to shoot more. Shoot, shoot more than you swing a club. I shoot decent scores, but it's still, I want to I want to go there and compete and like do something. I haven't been shooting enough. Get out of your head. No, you know what's funny? I shot Sunday and I shot pretty good. I was okay with everything. Yeah. My misses were, I had five, that's I had That's because mama was there and he didn't want to let the true colors out. Yeah, there you go. I threw, I, no, I did you bury did, my release once. You did once. Throw, me, throw your release. I buried that sucker in that sand so deep. Stomped on it. I don't know if it'll ever work. Uh! <laughs> A week later, man, this release sucks. <laughs> oh, I ended up going old school and ended up shooting really good after that. There you go. Maybe you just need to go back to your roots. Old school fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to an old HT. Go back to a wrist old release, school. an index that clips to the string. Cool. Don't even need a D loop. Find you a Fletcher. I wonder if I could do that. I want to see if I can do it. Do hit a get a index trigger and just see if I can punch that sucker. Or get an index that ha that's back tension. I'm gonna shoot like the execution. Do you talk about shooting with a rope? Jamie shot with a rope. Till like she retired shooting, For man. Dude, you wanna show with so, a rope forever. I wonder if seriously if you release. went back to an old stands rope release, rope hinge. Because it would help me because I would gain a half an inch of draw length right right off. Shooting off way. the string. Shooting off the string. I mean, technically you wouldn't because you still got the the loop. Your, the the loop is on your release instead of on your yeah. bow. I used to cut mine stupid short though. God, they were tiny. I'd make that loop like literally quarter inch long maybe barely could get it on the release it's proportional <laughs> yeah Fort Benning is what next week it's next so what, week are yeah. you ready what are you setting up if you go to Benning what you're running with I don't know we're gonna do the Lancaster breakdown what you got depends on my elite makes it in or not verdict mm -hmm. I know yeah. a guy that's got a couple yeah well that's what I'd have to shoot I'm supposed to be shooting it but I don't have one right now so I don't know it's either that or the Darton I really like the Darton Vegas man it holds like a rock it held so good Sunday it was not the bow. I mean, that bow held like a like amazing. Yeah, just having problems with getting that release so far on uphill shots. Couldn't get it to go. And I just, you know, you know that pin sitting there so beautiful, and you're going, God dang it, fire, damn it, fire, and it's not, and you're just holding and holding and wow, know, get a dip bang. That's that's why people shoot thumbs, and that's why they punch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's not a, your shot's not going to get any better, so might as well just send true. it. They say there's a break glass in a case of emergency button on. <laughs> On those ones, yeah, no shit. I could teach you how to do it on the hand. You know what's funny? Just roll it. So you know what I'm doing? I ended up going to a, a release mm -hmm. with a clicker, so that I knew when the clicker went off, I knew how close it was, and I could dump the shit out of it. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. Dude, that's how you taught me to shoot a hinge. But you know, when it's you have one, to click with, by the time it hits your face, yeah. and then well, when you shoot one without it. a click, and you you're sitting there just freaking waiting oh, shit. and oh, waiting shit. and you have no freaking clue and it's sitting there so pretty and dump it pull. you just rotate I if know, it's rotating it's gonna fire just continue to I'm rotate afraid i'm gonna have too much rotation and then i'm gonna blow pluck it, it. Well, that's why you don't rotate until you get your pin where you want to hit <laughs> then you rotate it as long as the release oh, is Lord, moving dude. yeah it was a brutal yeah God, it was brutal but i was holding like a rock the other day sunday though it was amazing holding wise he's a turtle though i know that 
who was I shooting? As long well, as Chris Frias was shooting bro. with me. And dude, his bow was like, you know, it's humping. He shoots to yeah. 30 inch draw. And I never realized how slow that bow is. Yeah, dude, his draw like this six inches I know, inches but still, I don't, I don't even yours. want to chrono that bow. I don't want to chrono don't. it because I know it's bad. It's shoot, really bad. Is it hidden like behind the pin? 26 is. You got a heavy arrow, too. No, that arrow's. It's about this. It's a little heavier than 23s. I'm shooting them 26s, but man, it. I can just hear. It. Yeah, so I'm here's like, a million oh, dollar question. Damn. Do you want it to hit behind the pin, even as slow as it is? You know, or do you want you more say speed? That? Would you sacrifice the speed for inaccuracy? I always tell customers if you're going to shoot target, you want to be in that 270 to 285 yeah. realm. That's the math. I think that where the arrow is very forgiving, you got the least amount of mistakes potentially because the arrow speed's going to you know, pick you up. And I know I'm not even near there. If I bet I'm shooting around 250, 252 probably i mean that's that seems right for what you're drawing is on that bow which by the way you know we can talk about something kind of cool here so i'm talking to randy kitts yesterday from darton veracity with what's the bow you shoot tempest uh, the tempest the veracity with tempest cams there's one guy's doing it right now and they said it's unbelievable oh i, w I was gonna try it i talked to him about doing oh, no. it in vegas yeah because we i wanted to try and build one for dax well yeah i need one so I get we there's one coming in and we get we're gonna do that. Like he oh is he sending you another veracity in his, yeah. in a set of cams? Yeah. And we just gotta figure out the string links. Uh, the string cables. The Tempest minus two and a quarter inches. Two and a quarter inches, yeah. Ish. They say it's unbelievable. I just wonder what the poundage will be. He said it's either that or I gotta put so the twenty I'm technically a twenty five and three quarter inch draw, I'd have to put the biggest boots on the veracity. That's what you did and when long, you showed it, when you yeah, showed it before. Long cable it and short. Dude, train. what if you shoot a Vegas with spiral cams? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Hell no. So anyways, yeah, we got to do that. Um, that's going to be a fun build. But I don't know. That bow's slow, though. But that is a good question because that is the number one complaint that I get from all Speed our shooters. Versus Speed versus accuracy. What's better? I know a couple of guys... Um, Greg, um, God dang it, Copeland, Greg Copeland, good friend of mine, mm -hmm. shoots from this senior pro class, and Greg shoots an absolute turd of an arrow. I'm I'm talking one year. I think he was at two, two thirty five, but he's shooting a literally. I think he was shooting a full length triple X with three hundred grains up front, and literally shoots, an indoor arrow. Yeah, an indoor arrow, but put blazers on it and was. Shoots a big, he's a big guy. Greg's 30 and a half, 31 inch draw length, shooting a PSE beast. I think he told me around 235 or something like that. And he said, I just don't care who's in the middle. I'm just piling Plowing through it. Well, yeah, it's not like he's coming in at a totally different angle. Yeah. <laughs> coming in from the top, top rope like bottom. a tomahawk <laughs> missile. <Yeah. rope>. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's breaking everything in his, in his path. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Masick, one of our guys around here, who shoots shot, shot pro for a while kind of disappeared but hell of an archer you know he's my height mm -hmm. 25 and a half inch draw length and he was shooting a tank 27s mm -hmm. with bunch of weight in him he was shooting i think that one year 222 feet a second out of his matthews and did not care and beat the hell out of everybody i mean so yeah there's, there's a lot of school of thought you know what's this somebody said i think you may have made coined the phrase you miss faster you know if you have a really fast arrow oh yeah you just miss faster you just miss faster yeah does it help you? I think that's a million dollar question. Does it help you to have that speed at 290 feet a second? Because if you make a mistake, does your arrow velocity magnify or absorb that mistake? I think your mistake probably amplifies or your mistake comes that's to fruition faster that's what than I with think. a slower arrow. I think the same thing. Slower arrow it corrects just depends on what your setup is and what you're, what you're trying to achieve with it. Like, oh, excuse me. I, I'm shooting... Actually, this is one of the widest 3D arrows I've shot out of this bow. Mine were only like 340, I think. In la the last two or three years, I was shooting like 365, 365 grains. But I'm at like two, I'm right at 275. So, I mean, no, I'm not like slow by any means, but I'm not right. like insanely fast. Yeah, like crazy fast. No, but I want a little bit more speed because, I mean, it's a bigger arrow. I don't want to be in the air as long and get pushed around by the wind. Yeah. I mean, if 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 I was shooting the same way arrow at five pounds less, shooting 15 feet slower, that thing would drift like 50% more than what it does right now. 
Yeah. I, I don't know about 50. That. That's a pretty exuberant number. But like, it would draft a considerable amount more. Right, right, right. Well, that's a million-dollar question. I mean, that's – so you think that speed would help your drift? Where well, in, yeah, it's in the air you, long, It's in the air less. But you also take an object that is extremely heavy. I'm going to say extremely. Well, yeah, Don't go you, off the, the deep end, if but you're, I mean, heavier. I mean, yes and no. It takes I, more wind to move from, that object than it does a lighter object that's yeah, going at velocity. I mean, there's Actually, the math. Gil- That's Gil- the math. Gillingham had a really good uh, reference point with it a number of years ago. He always said the fast or the heaviest arrow you can possibly shoot at roughly 270 feet a second seems to be the best like performance from a and wind I, perspective. I, I 100 agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I shot hell, dude. I shot I shot freaking uh, velocity pros out of a C4 at 260 feet a second, and I didn't like I w- I didn't have I had a lot of wind drift, but not. Not that not bad. nothing crazy. Yeah, I mean everybody else shooting X tens would be like when we were shooting World Cup with the team events and stuff. Everybody else would be like right edge ten or tweener nine, and I'd be tweener nine or eight nine line. Yeah, like, like half like line that, more. That World Cup in Salt Lake City. Oh, dude! It was like a tornado just parked right there. You guys were blowing everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. I was shooting for Carter Express at that point, so I had nanos. Yeah, but. nanos. Yeah. <laughs> Still. No, that's that's that is the I think the that's the million dollar question. What's better? I don't know. We deal with it all the whatever, time. Whatever you shoot the tightest groups with. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you hit behind the pin with. Whatever hits the ten or I've said that a million times. The twelve better. But I never have the balls I, go do it. Because I think I can group X impacts better than I do twenty sixes. Do it. I think I think for most people. Like for for most men that can shoot, you know, sixty plus pounds or twenty seven plus inches, two seventy to two eighty is a pretty decent benchmark to shoot for. Depending on what you're shooting, you know, with outdoor field and outdoor target and stuff, you may be just a fuzz slower depending on what your arrow setup is. Right. Um, but that two seventy to two eighty mark generally is pretty damn good. And then for women, I'd probably say like two fifty to two sixty if you can get there. If you can get there, I think yeah. most women, you know, most most women that are shooting a lot, you know, are going to be able to get to like 45, 55 pounds, somewhere right. in that 10 pound range. And, you know, 24 to 27 inches in draw length range. I mean, maybe two, maybe 240, 250. Yeah. Instead of 250, 260, 240, 250 is probably would be a good number to shoot for. Yeah, but that's definitely. I agree. Try it. It, speed isn't it, it's not I know I want to it honestly. is not important it's a good number to know because it makes getting your sight tape easier but beyond that I don't really worry honestly what about I was it. thinking about doing was actually going back and just shooting a standard shaft but like you, a zombie slayer or something. you do have to be careful though because some of those those skinny arrows are just as heavy if not heavier than your 3D arrows there's no doubt about it but I think I'll get more trajectory wise out of them matter of fact I know I will I mean, they'll fly flatter. But that's why I'm thinking of maybe just going to back to a standard size shaft and see like what happens. 204? Mm-hmm. No, 240. 240, so like a zombie slayer, you know. I'm not an outlaw, but just wonder what it would do if it group better or shoot better. At distance, I think it'll group better. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Lower, uh, lower FOC will always group better at distance. Yeah. Sub 50, I'm fine with running a little bit higher FOC. Like I ran 140 out of the super drives the last two years yeah. and never... Actually, they shot phenomenal at distance, so, but but I think you can get away with a little bit more FOC on a larger diameter arrow, and no I doubt. even think you need no a little doubt. bit more of it uh, to get them to group at distance than you do like a smaller arrow, just because that bigger arrow has more drag on it. So Correct. there's more influence, more influence on the back of the shaft that you can you know counterplay with the yep. with a little bit more front weight, and yep. with, I mean that's why I shoot. That's why I shoot that small vein. That's why I shoot that two hundred because you don't you don't need a big vein on the back of a big arrow. Mm-mm. Got more arrow there. It will help sear itself because of that larger di- larger shaft. Yeah, two or two and a quarter should be fine. Yeah, you're shooting the SK twos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flex Silent Flex. Night two hundreds. Yeah, those are this kick ass vein. The not so For Silent sure. Nights. <laughs> not so silent nights. Yeah. They definitely are not They're, silent. The, the three hundreds ain't bad. Two hundreds are. Very loud. Very loud. Well, a lot of cavitation. That vein is not crazy stiff. Yeah. But it's tall. Got a good profile. Mm-hmm. It does shoot good. 
I shot them the other day. You're shooting them right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I like them. They're shooting pretty good. Yeah. That's one thing, though, that I see. So, you're going to go? So, you know what's funny? There's one thing to talk about arrows. I see everybody doing it now. I think that most of these target guys, especially, are over-veining themselves. Way too much vein on the back of their arrows. Four Fletch is a new wave, the new Envo. Oh, thing dude, to that's do. that's a parachute on the back of Bro, your arrow. <laughs> I see these guys four fletching like Max Stealth. So, I mean, these, yeah, fuck, they're like, you know where they get that from? Like, yeah, Dudley. Not just that; it's tack and tack. Yeah, tack arrows. One I mean, tournament if target you run a small enough vein, you can get away with it. And I even yeah, think you can it's do like, but they're not doing it. That's a problem. I think they're it's not doing it small. They're doing yeah, huge. Vein. I think it's honestly probably a good thing. Like you run like that little. uh like the 175 tack, be yeah. perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Low profile, short, right. be right. perfect. It's super like the, light, the little, be the little great bony, for... The little bony next threes, awesome for mm-hmm. four fletch. Yeah, yeah great yeah. four fletch. Max but, uh, Hunters, when I'm, when I'm talking the little about, Max Hunters. You see these talking guys about the shooting, max stealth. Yeah, the, yeah, shooting a three-inch like max stealth, stealth with four yeah. of them. I'm like, dude, you trying to steal a freaking rocket? Yeah. Bo's too fast. And the other thing is that they won't just do the the 90 degree four fletch some of them will do the 75 oh, no. bro i watched a guy come in here the other day <clears throat> i think he had eastern access pros he had four fletch those max seven three inch max cells the big mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. and i mean had the most wicked helical i've ever seen in my entire life it was so bad when i went to go tune his bow i told him i said bro look i know you're gonna think this is crazy but that sucker's shooting right down the middle is perfect hole but it looked like someone had put their fist through it i'm like I'm never getting a clean tear with these veins the way you got them yeah. helical. Trust me, but it's right. But some, can some, I borrow your arrow to put it on my drill and mix up some paint? <laughs> yeah, no. Somebody, shit, somebody got a last chance vein master pro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody got yeah. a vein master pro for Christmas. Yeah, because you can't do that. You can't do that with the bits. I mean, that sucker was. This guy was guy. I will crazy. tell you one thing, and I'm glad you reminded me. This is just a, a little product review. I switched out my uh, my dial button thing on on the bits yesterday oh did you get the AAE i put the one? AAE one so here's one thing that always that always bothered me if i if i blow a vein you know when i when i knock my arrow i index it right when i blow a vein then you've got to twist it and try and get it to match right yeah you're well, eyeballing that, everything on yeah the, on the bits if, so you're, that if new, you're only trying to replace one so that new button actually has a a rotating um knock holder so you can rotate it and you tighten it to where it's indexed forever. So if you blow oh, a vein, your actual yeah, to your knock index it's, or it's, how you knock index on the string. It's always going to fletch indexed. So you just put it back in there, replace the vein, and you don't cool. have to twist Do knocks what? or anything. So there's a like there's it's a set screw. So the 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 deal on the back of the bits it spins to spin yeah, the arrow yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where the knock part is, that AAE one, there's a second piece inside of that. That you can have it. You can have it in the index on the bits to where it's clicked into the yeah. into the little notch. Yeah. yeah. But then you can turn the knock. You can turn the knock part without turning the bits. Yeah. So but you what can you do index. Is- you can so like when you start at normal and you've got the the flat part of the dial point pointing up, it index or it index everything so your vein's sticking straight out. Yeah. Right. 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 You can take and turn that so that the dial is still faced like that, but you can turn the arrow. So you can always to, find the off. So it's always going to be indexed for how you. That's pretty knock cool. So you don't have to. You don't have to put the the and arrow in there and, and eyeball, eyeball it. and then yeah. rip it off when you freaking. It miss just it saves by time. Two, pull yeah. it up, put it on, pull your arrow out, look at it, and you yeah. miss. So and then it looks like you've got a fucking airplane wings on the back. Of your exactly. <laughs> yeah, it saves time. So That's that was just a little cool. little product thing. So you got one of those? Yeah, I bought one. Replaced it yesterday. Are you still using the Vainmaster though? Every once in a while, if I want to be extremely anal about what I'm doing, or if I want to change from right to left or left to right, then vein master. But right now, I'm fletching all my arrows with a left offset. Well, the watch McCall is so much easier to work with through the bits, carrying it, packing it. Yeah, especially for travel. For travel. Yeah. Yeah. They had it figured out 40 years ago. I don't see any reason to change it now. Well, there's a lot lot less moving components, so you you have less chance to lose shit. Yeah. But, right. but yeah, it's working. It's literally two screws. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Huh. So you going to Benning next Let's week? Look at that. I think I think he's convinced after this conversation. Depends on how much I get a chance to shoot and see how good I'm shooting. I don't know. I'm 50-50 right now. Just fucking do it. I know. I just don't want to not go there and lay an egg, dude. I'm not sure. Sh- well, don't. 
<laughs> don't. Score more points. It was that easy. Yeah. Just shoot better. I just don't know if my Suck setup's less. where I need it right now. I want to make some 23s and group tune them in 50 and see. But now I'm, ser I'm seriously thinking about running the standard shaft. Pick up my speed a little bit and see what happens. If I did that out of that bow, out of that Vegas, I probably would get, what, 265, 270, maybe. I don't know. I've got some 380 uh, Super Drive 19s. You want to mess around with those? Yeah. See what happens. I've got those built already. You already have some? Yeah, they're built. Oh, shit. Yeah. There you go. I never shoot my own arrows. That's a good thing. Though. I might it's try that. Because you're too fucking lazy to build them. <laughs> Ain't that the damn truth? And then Kenna gets too busy to... It's too a carbon, busy with it's a carbon stick. It doesn't to, matter. To just... Shoot a remedy. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to. I've still got my speedo. Do you really? Yeah, the little cam one. The little cam. Ooh. I set I set up my remedy for. You won't be slow for three D the other day. I have to slow it down to shooting two ninety eight. Mine's got mine's got the, the performance mod. The little and one and the result cam on. No, that bad boy is a. It was. Nasty I think bow. when I shot it, it was sixty pounds, and with my my arrows last year, sixty pounds twenty eight. I was at like two ninety five. Yeah, you're 290. So it was like 10 feet faster than what nice. my. It's definitely a hammer. So, do you going to Benny? Me? Yeah. No, he's retired from rubber deer for a little bit. I'm just shooting rubber duckies right now, just yellow. Dude, you got Benning, and then we're off to Zona. Yeah, no, that's gonna suck. When is Zona? Arizona's second week of. And say we April. have one weekend in between. I think. I'd like yeah. to go to Zona it's, and not go to Benning. But you won't get to shoot. Oh, you, yeah. It's you okay? Cool. You all right? No, I'd like to try it. I haven't shot one of things go in to like Florida. decades, dude. Yeah, go to Gator Cup. Gator Cup's better anyways. Gator, Gator Cup will be better, yeah, because it's a Newberry. It's a better I, Gator complex. Cup's then we can stop in Florida and... and, and go fishing. Yeah. Go shoot fishing. Go, shoot iguanas. Just go to catch some peacock bass. Yeah, that'd be fun, actually. Actually, we aren't far from where you can go catch peacock bass. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought about actually doing it just to do something different. Yeah. I was talking to one of our guys the other day about that. You know, our sport. I mean, I'll tell you, if I had the money, I want to create a different circuit. Our, I, um, we may have talked about this on a podcast. We did. Did we? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm not going to rehash that. It's, it's we just okay. need, you just need, need a little bit parody. more diversity. We need diversity. We need some cool new shit to do. Well, Shoot iguanas. For score there you go dude that'd be a blast <laughs> yeah so, no we're it's gonna get busy here soon it's this gonna get is, really tournament busy season's getting really busy the next yeah. month april may and june is gonna be crazy yeah we got i mean whenever everybody gets back from from benning turn around one weekend and then we're off to, arizona, off to arizona for trials and then we come back from arizona got one weekend then there's tack minden and then Redding, and then uh, dude, Gator Cup, Gator Cup, and then and Gator Cup's got a dude. Gator Cup's got a standalone a day for standalone trials for able body world champs, and then I got to stay an extra day. But I'm excited. I'm really excited to go into this target season for the first time in my five year shooting. Why shooting so good? I'm just. I'm just. Feeling good. Yeah, you're shooting yeah, good right now. I'm right? feeling good. You're shooting really good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the high and I hear you. See what it does. All right. Well we'll keep it at an hour today. We are. Yeah. I mean Just I short actually show up to work on time. Actually show up to work on time, exactly. <laughs> I think I might have someone out there waiting on me right now for all I know. <laughs> I oh, I had, for I think I had a ten o'clock appointment. I'm yeah. sure everybody wondering we this was supposed to be an Instagram live uh Oh yeah, show, we forgot. So yeah, we got but we're all a bunch of inept Neanderthals yeah, the, when it comes to technology. If it the isn't, producer if it couldn't isn't, figure it out. Yeah, if it isn't, I mean, it is an iPhone on Instagram. It worked, but it was had a really, really bad background noise. Yeah, so it wasn't we're working. Got to figure out some audio issues with it, but we hopefully, hopefully next week we can figure that out and do that with do you it guys. live. It'd be fun, especially if we do it on video. Because then I can just f with you too. I don't know. It'd be fun. We'll just sit you on our lap. Yeah, there you go. Lay them across our lap. But we'll, make, we'll do the next one. It'll be live after post Fort Benning. It'll be funny as shit. Talk about how bad we sucked and what we did great. Maybe one of us could actually shoot good. Yeah, accidentally win. Damn, dude. We've been, it's been tough. So I don't anyhow. know what you guys are talking about. I've won everything I should. Yeah, bite me. He has. It's pathetic. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we appreciate you. 
keep some feedback coming in. Let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah, please. We'll try to get a kick-ass guest on there after Benny. Maybe we'll get the winners and stuff like that. Go check out the – so right now we only have an Instagram page. I'm going to work on getting a Facebook page up and For get feedback. our YouTube channel going. So, yeah, let us know what you guys want to hear. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the other side. Thank you.